Welcome to Expanded Universe, Season 3, Episode 7. He's a goat, y'all. The book, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. The year, 1995. The hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. The myth in the band looked like if the testicle had a butthole on it. Don't fucking try and explain a skater boy to me, okay? The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and you're goth. Oh, ball sacks, he says. <laughs> Welcome to Expounded Universe. It's time to get right on into it. We are the podcast that goes through Expanded Universe Star Wars novels, and every week we bring you a new set of nonsense in one of these books. And I am your host, John, over there, my co-host, Jeff. No, how did I get downgraded? Yep, that's right. Every week you're going to get a little worse. No, that sucks. It's <laughs> um, fine, though, because I've already become one of those cool dads. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to become a very special guest, then just a special guest. <laughs> I'm going to really savor being a very special guest. And then just a guest. And then <laughs> some guy. And then by the end, you'll have to chase me out off the mic with like a broom. And then, unfortunately, Jeff is here. <laughs> And then I'll cycle back to being the host. That's yeah, how it works. It'll be great. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it's fine. I don't mind this because I'm a cool dad. I don't care if my, my two-week-old daughter smokes. It's better that she does it in the house than out in the world where it could be dangerous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fine if she cusses. Uh-huh. She can cuss all she wants. She can use whatever drugs she can get her little mitts on. Now, granted, she is still at the flailing wildly stage, but you know, better in the house. Well, that's fine. I know a lot of drug people that are at the flailing wildly stage. That is true. Hey, you, she's very people. similar to most of my drugged out friends. Most she's of a, them. She's asleep 20 hours a day. Hey, I mean, same. Has no idea where she is. <laughs> Pretty much just has the same conversation with me every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> sad, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a real sad, but great time. It's a trenchant commentary. Oh, yes. But also, that, that's, that's the magic of children. Mm-hmm. That is the magic of children. They're little drug addicts that eventually grow up into real drug addicts. And then when I'm in my 60s, i got to bail her out of jail at 3 in the morning. Yeah, and then you get old and you become a drug addict, but it's because of your oldness. That's true. I start taking all the painkillers and the, the, what you call them, the, the opioids. Yeah, you start taking all them druggles. I do. I start listening to the buggles and taking all the druggles. <laughs> the druggaloos. <laughs> I become a druggalo. Yep, that's right. Selling, selling all kinds of drugs on a bridge to a bunch of fat guys in face paint named like like Mike Axe 55. I like that he has an internet name, even yeah. though you're meeting him in person. No, he does. He has an internet name. He's like, no real names, bro. Yo, what up? My name is XX Jugglefuck XX420 slash 69 Nice. How do you pronounce that? Kevin. <laughs> Ooh, Kevin is a place on earth. Oh, an unpleasant place on earth. <laughs> well, that's been about three minutes of shtick. <laughs> So, Star Wars. So, the Star Wars. We are doing Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina, and this week is the tale of Feltapern Trevag, the <laughs> biggest piece of shit in the galaxy. Yeah, the author who was tasked with writing about Feltapern Trevag was like, ooh, can I make him a real piece of shit? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's the Moss Eisley Cantina. We assume most people in there are pieces of shit. And he's like, oh, no. No, he's such a big piece of shit that he wouldn't even normally go into the Moss Eisley Cantina. Like, you don't understand. I am going to go multiple levels of shithead with this guy. Yeah, Night Lily, The Lover's Tale by Barbara Hambly. 
So this is the author of Planet of Twilight. So she's a, she's actually got a whole Star Wars novel under her belt. Ooh. And she was like, ooh, let me write about just a, a real piece of work. Just a crap-ass dick face. Yep. We, uh... I mean, when we open on Feltapern, he's just working in a fucking tax collection office, and I'm like, oh, now I know it's good. Yeah, no, he, like, reports to the Empire. He's he's a collaborator with the Empire, even though he's not a human. Yep. He's a Gotal, which we're gonna get described in great detail, because... He thinks that Gotals are the best. Well, yeah. He's like, Gotals are great, and anyone who is not a Gotal is a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a real piece. So he's sitting in his tax collector's office, half listening to some poor woman who's, like, about to get evicted from her house on Tatooine. Yeah, she's like, I haven't, they haven't been able to pay their water bill, essentially, for two months. Mm-hmm. They call it an impost, but yeah. For two months now, she's been unable to pay her water bill. And so he's like, well, nothing I can do. Screw you. Hey, you know... You uh, probably should have found a charity or gone to a relative by now because I ain't your daddy. Get fucked. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So right off the bat, we've got Travag is like, hey, uh, I hate these people because they're not Gotal. Yeah. He's I like hate- straight up just completely racist against everyone that isn't Gotal. I hate this movie. I hate all these people. <laughs> I hate. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also he has to stop. In his own head for a couple of things. First of all, to point out that he was the one who raised the water tax in the first place. Oh, yeah. Uh, So he's, for some dude who's just a functionary tax collector, he also seems to spend a lot of time writing new taxes. Yeah. Was he fucking Prince John? What is this? Yeah, he seems to be, like, in charge of taxes. Like, not just a tax collector, but he just has free reign to be like, uh, yeah, fuck it. I'm raising the water price by 4%. Who gives a shit? Try and stop me. <laughs> it's it's like, Moz Eisley is small and all, but I feel like he can't just be the guy who does both of those things. Especially because he is imperial. You'd think there would be someone going like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Nah, man, you have to report to the local regent or whatever, and like, he sets the taxes. Or, you know, if you're going to raise anything, it has to go through our weird bureaucracy nonsense. Yeah, and if it doesn't, then... It's Mos Eisley, and and the the uh, police is probably like one guy, and he's probably a secret rebellion guy. So you can't you can't willingly trust him. You'd be like, uh, I am the man in charge of taxes, and I say there's a fifty percent tax on candy. Now pay up without just getting blasted in Mos Eisley in the fucking streets. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to make him be like that uh, that old style. Uh, the bank is going to foreclose on the farm type. <laughs> Twirling a mustache. Oh, yeah. You must pay the rent. You can either give me that farm or your daughter. (laughs) I'll tie her to the railroad tracks while you make your decision. Oh. I hope no do-gooders are in earshot. (laughs) Yeah, like, Feltapurn is just straight up in old school, always shitty villain. What I'm saying is that Feltapurn Travag would cheat at the wacky races. Yes, 100%. Yeah. What I'm saying is he's on that villain team in those uh, Laugh Olympics. <laughs> yeah, the, the the nasty something or others. Yeah. <laughs> that team sucked. Like, they were all the best athletes in the first place, and then they'd always get way out ahead and then stop to cheat. Yeah, they'd be like, all right, now that we're winning, let's throw a boulder at someone. And you're like, stop. No, you're already winning. Just continue to win. You got, you guys are, are actually good at this. Please do not. <laughs> it's a compulsion. I have to cheat. I'm seeing a therapist. <laughs> I fought Batman last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. 
So he's raising the water tax on this blue lady, and the other thing that's going on in his head is we get a sense of how chauvinistic this dude is, because he's like, oh, I would have helped her if she was hot, but she's a gross alien. She's not hot. Humans would find her hot. Yeah. And, uh, With her blue hair and her big eyes and tiny nose and her three sisters that look just the same. They're like a bunch of Sailor's Mercury. <laughs> yep, these Sailor Mercury's three <laughs> are so- thrown out of the office and... The other thing we get is, one, he hates anyone who doesn't have cones. Yes, because Feltapern Travag, if you don't know who we're talking about, is a goatall, which means he has He is head. a goat. He's a, he's a goat, y'all. He's a goat, y'all. <laughs> I think we just named the episode. <laughs> and uh, he, he has these two, like, basically he, he's wearing a Madonna 80s bra strapped to the top of his head. Yeah, he's just got a couple of cones sticking out the top of his dome. And then a big old beard underneath. And I believe, although the picture of him is in black and white in the book, I think he's green. No, he's white. He's, oh, okay, he is? He's, he's white hair and like a beige, weird face. Okay, so you looked up a, a real picture of yeah, him. Yeah, I, I went and looked him up because I was like, what's your deal, bro? I could have sworn he was a green dude, but okay, so he's like a beige. Yeah. Uh, so he's got these big cones on top of his noggin, and apparently... As he is definitely going to tell us at length throughout the course of this chapter, he uses those to, like, sense things, and anyone who doesn't have them is a, is a tool. I, I do like that as a thing in this, because getting a chapter from an alien perspective, most of the time it's just like, eh, it's basically the same as a human perspective. Mm-hmm. We'll just occasionally have to mention how I'm weird. Yeah. But the way he interacts with things is very much his cones pick up like, like electrical impulses or something. Yeah, like he can tell emotional states from people. He picks up like the electronic energy like from droids or computers or things like that. So yeah. normally his species doesn't like things with like batteries. Yeah, no, he stays away from stuff that has batteries. He doesn't like anxious people and he doesn't like drunk people because being around them tends to make him uncomfortable because they all generate smoky crackles in his cool head cones. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't like drunk men. Uh, let's let's I'm make so- that. I'm let's, sorry. Let's make that clear. He loves drunk women. Yeah, he he is all about drunk women. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know how many times we're going to say that this episode, but it's really important that you know it. So anyway, after he kicks out these mod brecks, which are the blue ladies, uh, his kind of boss slash like coworker comes in. He's like a heavy no, it's, set. It's not his boss. It's the person who kicks them out. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. his office security. Yeah. So this dude, whose name is Predne Baloo, but he's not just security. He has some other jobs. But but he's like sort of just a sad, tired, fat dude. He's just a, a, like very put upon human. Yeah. And his name is Predne Baloo. Oh, Baloo. He yeah. knows all about the bare necessities. <laughs> now, when you pick a pawpaw... What's a pawpaw? Well, it's not a prickly pear. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So basically, Baloo here is like, dude, why are you being such a douche to those ladies? You could have given them another month or two. And he's like, nah, fuck them. Nah, who gives a a flying shit? Not me, that's who. Like, I didn't get into this business in order to be nice to people. They can either pay or get the fuck out. Yeah. And you're a piece of shit because you don't have head cones anyway. Dickhead. I bet you wanted to sex up those gross, weird, alien Sailor Mercuries, didn't you, Baloo? I keyed your car on the way in here, and I'm going to key it on the way out. (laughs) Ah. I'm actually just the the eccentric of this office. I'm like the house. Ah. No, you're not. You're just a douche. Uh, Nope, nope. I'm the house. Nope. That's me. (laughs) 
So uh, at, at this point, we get another visitor for him. Uh, There's a few little. Oh, okay. I'm no, sorry. He has, no. to, he has, he has to, go to go to see... Pilo Cam's first. Yeah, he got a message to meet at Pilo Cam while he was kicking out these uh, sad ladies. Yeah, it shows up on like a text message on a screen that he's looking at. That's like Pilo Cam 1100 or something. It, it sounds like a cool code, but really it means meet me at Pilo Cam's restaurant at 11 o'clock. Yeah, and so he heads out to Pilo Cam's, and we get a description. Pilo Cam's a human, and he makes health food. Yeah, he is. Because we get the description of the Moss Eisley sort of street market scene, mm-hmm. and it is, it's almost like he's walking around a fucking county fair. Yeah, it's basically a county fair. There's meat and dancers. Yeah, he's like, what's, what is there to eat here? Oh, there's fried dough and, like, ridiculous barbecue stuff and, like, caramel apples and shit like that. So he's... He's pretty much just walking down a county fair looking at stuff. You got that big Texas donut. You got that that bacon-wrapped smoked turkey leg. Oh, yeah. And then eventually you get to Pilocams, and Pilocam is like, I'm I'm like an, a healthy Jamba Juice. Well, yeah. They have those at, uh, at the Del Mar Fair. They call them uh, Orange Julius. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the health food at the, uh, the hey, county man, fair. For an extra 50 cents, they will add a banana. Ooh, that's <laughs> some good potassium there. <laughs> Actually, it's not. Bananas are virtually useless. Uh, There's more more potassium in a leaf of spinach than an entire banana. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, Pilocams is the local health food outlet. He's like, I I got fruits and veggies. I make grated vegetable balls. Here you go. Did you want a ball? It's made out of raisins and carrots, and I smushed them together. (laughs) No, thank you, though. I used my bare hands. Here, eat this. It's half chard and half kale. <laughs> and that's chard as in Swiss chard, not chard as in I cooked it, because I didn't. <laughs> no. I don't want you to get the impression that I added flavor to this. <laughs> Apparently, he meets people at Pilo Cams because no one ever goes there. Yeah. He's like, if you're walking down the street, and you've got the option to eat, like, a sugar fritter or some weird, gross fruit that isn't even covered in caramel, why would you go here? So he gets himself a sugar fritter, and he heads to Pilocamps, where he meets with his gross associate, Jub Vegnu. Oh, Jub Vegnu. Jub Vegnu works for Jabba. Yeah, he's the, our latest Jabba the Hutman uh, associate. Uh, he is a Sulliston, so he's just like Nian Num, the guy who... Uh, Helped pilot the Millennium Falcon into the second Death Star. And he loves Gamorreans. And he, oh, yeah, that's another thing we learn here because as he's walking through the fair, I'm sorry, just the streets of Mos Eisley, there is not a fair happening. <laughs> no, but I can't think of it as anything but a fucking fair. Now. No, it's just a fair. There's like, there's like a whole pen full of like 4 H club goats. Oh, yeah, you're walking through Mos Eisley and you can just hear off in the distance. <laughs> Yeah, one goat. That one goat you never actually see at the fair that's like, making that horrifying goat noise. It's somewhere around here, I know some goat is just real angry. It's like, you're like, what the? Who, who made that? What? That's friendly little goat in front of me. He's just cute and trying to eat my girlfriend's hat. <laughs> Where's this angry ass goat? Do they have a second room for them? Yeah, there's there's an entire separate area for angry goats. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get to this pilo cam, so he's got stuck behind the huge line for the bungee jump. Yeah. And the, the line for chocolate-dipped fried butter. <laughs> He's like, well, to get to Pilo Cams, I've got to go through that one area of the fair where it's just everyone selling shit you would never buy. <laughs> it's like, hey, I've got weird trinkets that cost $70. And you're like, who buys this? 
who's coming here for like, ooh, it's a multi-part can opener and garage door opener. Oh, like, there's, what? Some, there's some salesman wearing a headpiece microphone going on and on about how this knife can cut through cans. Hey, That's guys. good because most of my cans at my house aren't sufficiently cut in half. Oh, it's true. I've got a lot of whole cans that I need to not be whole. That will not do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pilo Cams is where he makes contact with Jub. And, uh, oh, we forgot to get to the point of the fair thing, which is that there's a belly dancing Gamorian. Oh, yeah. The Gamorian is belly dancing, and Th- that's it says specifically, Sullustans like that. Yeah, Sullustans are watching this Gamorian, naked Gamorian belly dance because Sullustans are into Gamorians. Yeah, so we're getting we're getting this idea through this chapter that most species get their bone on from at least one or two other species. Yeah, like there is always something that some species is going to be like, yeah, you're an alien, but I'd fuck you. Oh, man, I'd throw that a piece. Yeah. Ooh. Hook me up with that chiss meat. <laughs> ah, that hot, hot chiss that, meat. That succulent blue chiss meat. Yes, please. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> Do you know what that's worth? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Kevin is a place on Earth. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, he meets up with Jub Vegnu at, uh, at Pilo Cams, and he's trying to arrange a go-between for a sale of information uh, to the Empire. He wants, he wants someone to help him deliver some information to the Empire, and then they'll get paid a finder's fee, and he'll make some money. Because as it turns out, Gotal have such strong head cone sense that he's picked up the emanations of a Jedi. Yeah, he because he can pick up like energy readings from anything, he's like, oh yeah, I, I found something that was crazy off the charts, and it was like getting buzzed in my, my tickle spot. <laughs> Normally, you got to pay 50 credits for that. Oh, yeah. Just being around a Jedi is great. It's like being on the Magic Fingers bed. <laughs> 45 credits if it's, if it's a Gamorrean. Ah. So he uh, he's like talking to this Jub Vegnu dude who's a big fat Sullustan eating a caramelized piece of meat. Uh, and he's like, look, I just need to arrange a go between you'll make the following amount of credits. But I also have a second job and it's going to need e- it's going to mean even more credits and you get a finder's fee of 200 credits. And Vegnu is like, eh, eh, how about 400 credits? Eh, eh. yeah. <laughs> Wee. So he basically is going, he's prepping to sell the, the knowledge that he knows a Jedi is somewhere on Tatooine to the Empire. Yeah. He thinks this will get him rich. And sure enough, there is a bounty for 50,000 credits uh, for information that leads to the capture of a Jedi Knight. Yeah. And also pertinent in this is while walking around the county fair... Uh, we get Feltapern Trevag with his inner monologue about what an amazing badass he is. Oh, God, yeah. This dude is the sort of guy who reads survivalist magazines because he, he thinks he's some sort of cool hunter. Oh, yeah. His whole thing is like, you know, I used to be like a hunter. And I used to be like a soldier and I was a super fucking badass. I was the best in the galaxy, but now I've got like a, a dumb office job. But you better believe I go to the range, bro. Yeah. Like, he's basically Dermot from Venture Brothers. Uh, the whole time we're in his head, it's either gross, disgusting shit that he is thinking, or he's like, oh, I am a true hunter. I I am definitely one who would prey on the weak, and I have a hunter's instinct, and I, I, I'm a badass. And by the weak, I mean women who are trying to wait until marriage. <laughs> I'll prey upon them the mostest, especially if they look like suicide girls. I think the first thing he was meeting uh, Vagnu for as well in this is he was going to buy the property 
that that's right. Yeah, the, the people he were, had fucked over were yeah. living on. He was trying to lay an early claim to the property that the Modbrek women were going to have to evacuate, so he could partition it out and sell it as smaller units to a lot of people. Yeah, because he's an asshole. Yep. Uh, so at this point, he goes back to his office, and when you know it, there's a woman waiting to meet him there, and that woman. We get the sort of introduction that you would normally get in, like, a noir novel oh, for yeah. a femme fatale. She had legs for days. Except it's like, ooh, she had three different sets of cheekbones. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, so this is Mia Loon or something like that? Yeah. So Mia Loon is a, a Hunamenthi from the planet Hunamenthi. Uh, and she her name means Night Lily, and that's what she calls herself. Yeah, I mean... It's weird because she gives her name. It was like, hi, my name's like Miyuin, and it it basically means Night Lily in my language. And then Feltapurn is just like, great, I'm just going to call you Night Lily instead of your name. <laughs> Which, like, if I had a name and then I said, like, oh, yeah, and that means whatever in another language, and then they just started calling me that, I'd be like, what are you doing? That's not my name. <laughs> I'm Feltapur and Travag. It's Gotal for hobo encampment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, basically, he describes her for us at length and grossly, even though she is just some sort of alien. Uh, she has four little cones on her head that's covered up by a veil. And so they're, like, they're so small and Ooh. dainty. Are those cones? Dainty little micro cones. Oh, I would love to rub my gross meaty paws around those. Ugh. She has three sets of cheekbones, uh, which are all connected directly into a uh, proboscis, in which he says he's super into, just like he always has been when he sees them on Rodians or Kubaz. He's like, ooh, yeah, I love, I love a good proboscis, which is strange, but sure, because his... His race does not have it. They have like a flat face. Yeah, no, they do. His his interest is primarily in cones, but then when he gets to the rest of her, he's like, well, I'm going to try and make this work. <laughs> so so she's got the four little micro cones. She has a proboscis. She has big pupilless bug eyes. And the whole thing is she's giving off such an air of vulnerability that his hunter instincts can't help but want to get, get up in her guts. Ugh. Uh, he is the worst. Yeah. The so, second he's like, ooh, she's in distress, and I think she's hot, it's go time. Yeah. So basically, she's like, hi, sir, can you please help me? Uh, there's some weird tax that was added for people who were, who were stopping and then leaving from here on ships. And if I were to leave on the ship to go to visit my sister on the planet Seta, where I'm going, then I wouldn't have any money to get back if I paid this tax. And I'm, I'm feeling kind of trapped, and I need to figure out what to do. And he's like, oh, don't you worry. I'll get you on that ship. Also, he is the one who made that tax. Yes, he goes, ah, that tax I made. It's working. <laughs> Finally. So I'll get you on that ship, he says, with no intention of actually doing that. Oh, yeah. He's just like, oh, oh, you poor dear. You lovely, sweet little morsel. Don't you fret. I'll, I'll try and see what I can do. And I'll buy you a delicious dinner. I'll have lobsters flown in from Zanzibar. Huh. And she's like, ooh, okay, I would go for dinner. I'm so meek and scared and, and terrified of everything. Yeah, like, basically he goes like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you to the place where that, uh, that ship is taking off. And then he just, like, 
wanders around town delaying getting there. Well, now that we know canonically that the Moss Espa, Moss Eisley Bi-County Fair is in town. Oh, yeah. yeah, Well, that's that's just an official thing now. Yeah, he was like, I was trying to get there, but there was such a fucking long line to get in there. I think, I don't know, like Three Dog Night was playing or something. (laughs) It was my favorite ACDC cover band, CCDC. Yeah. Get it? The CC stands for carbon copy. You know what? People don't remember the jokes from about that anymore. I'm sorry. Look, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so I yeah. prefer BCCDC. <laughs> BCCDC? Yeah. Do that blind no, carbon no, copy. No one tell ACDC that we're a cover band of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now, RE BCCDC, I've got to say. R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E, a joke regarding ACDC <laughs> from your uncle. <clears throat> okay, uh, so he dawdles around and does not get her onto the plane, but instead he does take her out to dinner. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry you missed your flight. Won't you come get a meal with me? And they go to the fanciest restaurant in town. The, the world's nicest restaurant where uh, it's Jabba's own place where his personal chef exists and it's one of those things where you're like man whoever takes a job for java because the whole description was like oh he's an amazing chef but he has to constantly be on his toes because if the things he prepares for java are ever not good he will die i have the real question i have here is can we get a sense on what the hell it is with java's palate because the whole chapter before this was all about how java needs to drink nasty putrefied dead rhodian oh yeah well i mean it's like he's got a very <laughs> specific taste that he wants. He seems like he's got a lot of specific tastes he wants because he wants the finest chef in all the land and everyone loves him, but he also wants to drink zombie juice. Well, I mean, it's not so much that it's like purified Rodian. It's that he took that Rodian pheromone and put it into his already weird toad juice mixture. He was already saying that shit tasted like witch's brew. So, I mean, we already know that that shit's nasty. It probably tasted like a little bit of uh, a little bit of breath cleaner, like fluid, and maybe some Kahlua. Yeah, it was some orange juice in there. It was mostly uh, toad drippings and uh, <laughs> those turtle squeezins. Yeah, and then uh, a few uh, grease floaters. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of grease floaters, a kombucha mat, uh, two drops of Tapatio hot sauce, a chunk of Rodian foot, and uh, one sprig of parsley. Wisp of brow and eye of newt. Yeah, that's what that was. Yeah. Double, double toil and trouble. But, I mean, double, the thing double. is... Yeah, it had a double, double in it. Yeah, it had a <laughs> double, double. And an in and out hamburger from a local California chain, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but, yeah, the, the thing is, Jabba has a, a palate. It's just his palate is... Things we would find gross. Like, Which, he eats those weird little frog things yeah. out of a jar. And even then, it's like, are those seasoned in some way? I mean, they're in a jar. Do you think well, there's like a sprig of rosemary in there? In the- I mean, what do you think the liquid is? It's probably <laughs> like a, a brine or but something. They're, they're like completely alive or so, uh, when they get eaten. I like to think it's just the water that they normally get shipped in, and then the chef just threw a bay leaf and some capers in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, good enough. Yeah, it's fine. I salted it and peppered it. They're dirty frogs. There's a little more martini olive juice than usual. <laughs> There's a little vermouth in there. <laughs> Bring me those draw <laughs> my my frogs dry. <laughs> Wave my jar of frogs in the direction of a jar of vermouth. Uh but yeah. But apparently the chef is not only very good at taking care of Jabba, it's he can cook for any alien. Like whatever your tastes are, he can cook for it. He 
He's basically someone that would get like he's the food wooher. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I I'm great at my job. If you know. I were any better, I would probably get snapped up by Black Sun. And then I'd get murdered. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he, maybe he just isn't all that good with fleek eels. Yeah. Yeah. If he could cook fleek eels, or if he was capable of carving moon glow, he'd be out of here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He would definitely get taken. Yeah, snapped right up, and then murdered by Jabba on the way out. <laughs> yeah, Shizor would send his fastest ship to take Jabba's own personal chef, and then Jabba would have him murdered on the way there. <laughs> And if he made it, he'd still be like, ah, I have prepared for you my finest creation, a confit of gross nonsense. And he'd be like, oh, shit, I write. You were a hut chef. Oh, fuck. I, right. I, Damn. I, for- I forgot. <laughs> what is this? It's a half-eaten cheese diaper, sir, suspended in aspic. <laughs> well, I have prepared for you my finest meal. Here it is. Mucus. <laughs> and? Oh, that's it. <laughs> Rodian stuffed with kubaz. <laughs> Also, there's some human in there. Just sprinklings. Just just a little bit. <laughs> a fresh squeeze of human. I just zest of human. <laughs> it's just got some gray hair. He just rubs it on a dude's arm. Ow! It's 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 mostly just dandruff. <laughs> dandruff and hair from a from an especially dandruffy hairy human. Only the finest of hairs and oils. <laughs> Alright, so So they go to dinner and It turns it, out that Miyun is uh, a, a virgin, and so she can only have, like, fruits and vegetables. She can't have meat because she's a virgin. Yeah, and so the chef turns out to do a four-course vegetarian dinner that's amazing, including, like, baked fleck weckles and, <laughs> and, 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 and some schmuckles. Yep, that's right. There's There were some space food terms that I am not going to memorize for you or anyone. Nope, I, I do not care what these people ate, <laughs> but boy, howdy, did they eat them. They ate a bunch of delicious food, and of course... Because he's a big chauvinistic man, Feltapern Trevag had, like, a steak. Oh, yeah. And the whole time he's like, hey, why don't you have some more wine? Have a glass of wine. Hey, it looks like your glass is empty. Can we get can we get the lady some more wine? Uh-oh, it's half-plast Chablio 30. <laughs> it's uh, time for wine. That's what we do on Tatooine here. We get real day drunk. <laughs> well, it's always day, so you kind of have to. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, uh... So he gets her all plastered on wine, and it turns out in, over the course of their conversation that uh, she cannot a- engage with a man until she is until she is wed. Oh yeah, well, to to marry with someone is such a a great feat for their people, and oh, you don't go into that unless you're truly in love. And do you do you truly love me, Travag? And he's like making jerk off motion in his mind. He's like, yeah, baby, I love you. <laughs> Shut up, baby, I know it. <laughs> Oh, also, during the course of the, the meal, he watches her eat with her giant, obvious death knife tongue that's that's powerfully muscled to all three sets of cheekbones and is like a foot lo- or two feet long and is clearly metal tipped. Yeah, I mean, that's that's when we get our first uh, real foreshadowing of what's going to happen here. Well, duh, what's going to happen here? We only have 20 pages to get through. Asshole gets come up and snooze at 11. Uh, but. He ends up having to go back to the office again with her, and he's going to make some uh, arrangements for her travel so that she can get off planet tomorrow. Yeah, and then Predne Baloo shows up because he's just sort of a cool dude who's just trying to make the best of a bad situation. And he's like, hey, buddy, 
Don't try and fuck that 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 uh, Hemanthi lady. He's like, come, come on, man, don't don't be a fucking dick bag about this. And he's like, hey, look, if you're attracted enough to her to want to bone her that bad, chances are you've got enzyme compatibility, and you could actually make like like hybrid babies. And you know the Empire hates that shit, so. You know, basically everyone hates that shit. Don't do that. And and Trevag is such a chauvinist. He's like, you got within two meters of that thing and you want to talk to me about enzyme compatibility? Where's your gross human dick? Come on, grow some gonads. <laughs> like at least six of them, right? I, 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 <laughs> grow some of those tentacle dicks that grow out of the side of your arms like on, or your, your belly like on Battlestar Galactica or whatever. Shut up, nerds. I know it's Babylon 5. Leave me alone. <laughs> nerds. Okay, so... But Prednate, to his credit, is not like, dude, she's a gross monster. What are you talking about? That's not my thing. I'm not into four head cone, three sets of cheekbone, knife tongue weirdos. Oh, yeah. I mean, he at least doesn't go, dude, Trevag, you are a gross monster. That is a gross monster. I, Everybody I here wish is- you all the best. <laughs> Go have your weird slimy sex or whatever. I'm sure whatever you do is disgusting, so <laughs> please do not tell me about it afterwards. I'm just trying to look out for a bro, and you know what? Pass. You're good. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Never mind. I realize I was trying to look out for a bro, and you, sir, are no bro. Yeah. So, at this point, Trevag does whatever little arrangements he's doing to try and help out the lady a bit. Like, get her a hotel room until they finish boning it out, and then send her home. And... Uh, Baloo ends up tripping his horrible alarms because he's like, hey, Trevag, you ever heard of a Jedi before? Yeah, and it turns out that Pilocam has been listening in as well and has been dutifully reporting information to Predne Baloo. And so Baloo asks him, like, hey, have you ever heard of a Jedi? And he's like, yeah, no, I've never heard of Jedi. And he's like, yeah, there's a... There's a reward out for information about that. So, you know, I was just thinking maybe you'd heard something. Anyway, peace out, my bro. Feel free to enjoy gross, gross sex with your gross alien, you gross fellow alien. (laughs) You horrible filth monster. (laughs) Tell me mucus is, like, super involved. Like, so much. Like, do you have to stick to the ceiling to do it? No, you know what? Don't tell me. Don't. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. I hope you make a cocoon and that's how you fuck. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I hope you have to explode the lower half of your body at her. <laughs> I hope you <laughs> like have to, bees. I hope you have to shoot your filthy dick. Oh no, wait, that's Ithorians. Ithorians. I'm sorry. I'm being distasteful towards Ithorians. <laughs> Ithorians who can fire off their filthy floppy dicks. <laughs> <laughs> They're fish out of water peens. I mean, shit. We here we are in the security office of Tatooine, and and I've already got four spare Ithorian dicks flopping around in the Lost and Found. <laughs> If nobody claims them in 30 days, they're mine. (laughs) So, anyway, Trevag leaves, and as he's leaving, like, he's remembering to get bananas. He's like, oh, shit, well, now I gotta get Predne Baloo murdered. He's like, all right, note to self, find assassin, kill Baloo, as if I didn't have enough to do today. Normally, I'd contact Jub Vegnu and have him do it, but that's gonna take too long. So, I guess I'll just swing by the local bar scene and and pick up a murderer there. Like, yeah. I'll, like like I was just buying myself some Starbucks. I'll just go to the Moss Eisley Cantina because that's where all of the local shitheads hang out. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, about 100 credits? Sure, that sounds great. I'll take that with that's me. That's the normal down payment on a man's life. I'm like, fuck, what, what is happening How here? Can, it's, it's cheaper to get a guy murdered than it is to start a band. It's true. Although it is down payment, so I don't know if it's like, oh, it's 100 credits to like, 
hire him and then you have to get him more on completion? Come on down to crazy wooers. We'll kill a guy. No money down. <laughs> <laughs> no interest for the first 12 months. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Trevag gets into the bar and uh, the first thing he notes is that everything that happens in the cantina happens here. Oh, gosh. Well, let's let's watch. Well, he he at least goes like, man, it sucks in here. Everyone's energy is all radiating at me and it's all smoky and shitty and everyone's a piece of crap in here. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, and he has Meun with him. Yes, he has been taking fucking Night Lily with him everywhere because he's yeah. like, I cannot let her out of my sight because she's so demure and sexually alluring that if I left her alone, someone else would just stick it in her right away. I got to split this thing in half before anyone else figures out how. This melon is ripe and I got to get it. <laughs> so, uh, he took a little nap with a uh, with a peach. <laughs> Was it a rind-soaked twist? I, I forget what the actual line is there. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about, the Millions of Peaches song? Huh? You know? Millions of Peaches? You know, Millions of Peaches? Pres- peaches millions, for me? Millions of Pizzas. Millions of Pizzas. <laughs> That's mine. Pizzas come from a can. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> Move into the country, gonna eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> All right, so... Anyway, wouldn't you know it, there's uh he starts going through his list of who could possibly be an assassin. And he's using, you know, his super cone telepathy or whatever to figure out things. So he's like, All right, let's let's go through here. Uh we got them Tonica sisters. They look pretty mean. They're dangerous, but I don't feel like they're assassins. They're what, dangerous in a different way. What about that Han Solo and his Wookiee friend? Hmm. Ooh, he's got an edge to him, but I feel he's He's more low-key than would be required for this job. What about that werewolf? Ooh, werewolf would be strong enough to kill Baloo, but I don't know that he would do the job. Okay, how about the hookah guy? That hookah guy is... My god, he's... he's a monster. He would murder just as soon. Look at you. He's... He's the most dangerous person in this bar. I don't even want to get near him. Yeah, he's Why, like, his very vibrations chill me to my core. Yeah, he's like the hookah guy. He probably would murder someone for money, but it had to be a fuckload of money. He'll either murder you or someone else for a fuckload of money, and there's no in-between. Yeah, he's like, he'll either murder for way too much cash or just for the fun of it. Oh, that, that, that hookah guy is turning into the cool like martial arts dude who's standing off to the side I, of this book. There's, there's a part of me. That since this hookah dude has shown up in like three, three chapters, different chapters, yeah. and every time someone thinks about them, they're like, oh, holy shit, that guy is the most ridiculous badass in the universe. I hope one of two things. One, there is no chapter about him. We learn nothing. <laughs> two, there is a chapter about him, and he is just the sweetest person that's ever existed. He's just completely harmless. He's just super friendly and is like, oh, I wish someone would come talk to me. I wonder why nobody does. And he just gives off an aura of menace for no reason. I rented a four-person hookah to make friends today. Look, I've got... It's apple-flavored. Come on, guys. Huh? Talls? You want to smoke out with a bro? I guess I'll just sit here and smoke my hookah by myself. Oh, can I get some more apple flavor? (laughs) (laughs) And then everyone around him is like, Oh my god, that guy's smoking a four-person hookah by himself. That means he has to be dangerous. What a monster. He'd sooner beat you to death with that hookah than take another puff. (laughs) Okay, so and he also thinks about the Deveronian. Yeah, and the Deveronian, he's like, Ah, nah, he looks dangerous, but he's mostly just here 
listening to music and having a good time. I mean, let's be clear. The Deveronian doesn't look dangerous. He looks like the Mexican Christmas pageant devil character. Like, he's straight up, even when we see him in the movie, is like, yeah, I'm having, he's smiling and having a good time. Yeah. I look like the devil, but no one in here is Christian. What do, I, what do they care? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Hang out with me. I'm a cool bro. Hey, dudes. <laughs> also, no mention of the horns. Come on, dude, you're all into these cones. He's super into cones. I guess he's only into cones on ladies. Oh, yeah, them lady cones. Yeah, mentioning that the Deveronian's got some wicked sweet cones up top would probably be too gay for this guy. Yeah, he's, he's like, dude, Deveronian, nice cones, no homo. Yeah, that's the kind of piece of shit Feltaburn Trevag is. <laughs> yeah. So he, he spends the whole time in the place kind of scoping everyone out. He eventually settles on Greedo as a probable suitable murderer target. Yeah, he's like, eh, that guy seems like he'd murder someone. Yeah, and then, wouldn't you know it, the Jedi walks in. Oh, shit. Oh, he also notices that Wooher's little buddy, Nakar, who we talked about in the Wooher chapter, he knows as not only being the person to grab Ponda Baba's arm off the ground, but also as owning a food cart in the in the county fair district. Yeah. So we know now that he's serving Aqualish hands. Uh, uh, Deep fried Aqualish hand. Oh, you, you haven't lived till you've had Aqualish hand. You cook it upturned, palm up, it makes its own gravy in there. Man, you, you can only get it at the fair. Yeah. Like, you, you can never go into a restaurant and ask for deep-fried Aqualish hand. Oh, yeah. It's only there. Yeah, it's a fair food. It's like getting a deep-fried ball of spaghetti on a stick. Yeah. No one's going to ever make it except for at a fair because it's the one place where you feel stupid enough to order something like that. You're like, oh, well, I may as well treat myself. I'm at a fair. I'm treating myself. Wrap that Aqualish hand in bacon. Does it still cook its own gravy in the palm if you do that? Oh, sure. Also, can you just drizzle warm butter on that thank you should i uh should i heap the top of it with cheese curds sir oh of course also some cinnamon sugar if you would <laughs> that's <laughs> also some cherry pie filling if you got that yeah if you do and then i'd like to eat it on a ferris wheel please also if you could just inject it with like custard thanks <laughs> uh, okay so he settles on greedo but then the big fight then the jedi comes in uh, he sees the Jedi. He definitely tells this this dude is the Jedi because of the radiation of his head cones. Yeah, and he he hates those droids more than Woo Her because they fuck up his weird cone situation. Yeah, so he's like, "You go, Woo Her. You tell those droids to get out of here." Yeah, fuck those droids. And then, with a sound like tearing silk, a beam of light appears in the hand of blah blah blah, and the Amazon and Doctor Ponda Baba show takes yep. place, and uh, we get that whole scene again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only difference now is he has to comfort his s trembling, scared lady of like, oh, oh, it's so violent in here. Yeah, otherwise it's the exact same thing as always. Uh, an arm falls on the floor, Knacker grabs it, Woohoo yells no blasters. The one difference is that Night Lily hoots. Hoop. <laughs> Just goes, hoot, which is her way of saying that she is scared. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, baby, don't you worry. Oh, I got you. This Papa like, Trevag has you. It's like going to a scary movie. <laughs> I'm going to put my arm around her. Oh, don't worry, baby. I was just yawning. <laughs> hey, get this popcorn that my big gross alien dick is definitely not nestled in. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a drink for her. I'm definitely going to put some date rape drug in it, mm -hmm. which he's like, I forget what it's called. It's like a lover's something or whatever that uh, he's going to put in there. Uh, lover's post pile. I don't know. I don't remember either. He's got some drug that he has taken with him that of he's going to put in there. Because Lord knows he wasn't able to seal this deal yet anyway. Yeah, he's basically got space Spanish fly. So he orders her a roofie colada. 
and uh, they set the, he, he sets that in front of her. But unfortunately, while he's doing that, Greedo goes off and gets himself killed because he's a dumb shit. Yeah, he was like, ooh, okay, before we leave, I'm going to have Greedo do... Oh, goddammit. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> crap ass. And so he gives up on that idea. Now, now there's no one in the cantina that's good enough for his job. But he's he overheard the conversation between uh, uh, Han Solo and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, they have to pay... Like two thousand now and then fifteen thousand when they get there. He's like, "There's no way they've got that much money. They're gonna have to sell the speeder, probably the droids. I've got time. I can contact Jub, do all this, and he'll kill them. You know, after I get my dick wet." Yeah, exactly. And so, with a big resounding belief that he's the greatest hunter in the history of good hunters, uh, we close on the chapter, except for the little sub bit at the very end, the denouement. Yeah. Where he's like, great, I'm the best, everything's coming up felt a burn. And then the next chapter is like, oh, there was a lot of excitement in Moss Eisley over the last day or so between, you know, uh, the Empire looking for droids, a smuggler ship taking off when it shouldn't have. A big firefight between Valerian and her new husband. Yeah, all, whole, kinds, all kinds of shit's going down. A whole bunch of shit has happened over the past few days, which means it took a while for people to find old Feltapurn's body. Yeah, so Trevag's body is eventually located at an inn, and Predne Baloo is not there, but he has sent one of his deputies to investigate the body, and Wooher has turned up to identify the corpse. Yeah, because I guess Wooher is the only one who would be able to identify him for some reason. Wooher met him once, several days earlier for the first time. Trevag made a point of not going in that cantina. Yeah, he's like, I don't normally like to come in here because it sucks. Yeah, but Wooher is the guy they pull in. Yeah, and uh, Feltapern has been basically split open, stem to stern. He is... Just like sliced belly up. Instead of being emboweled, he is he is dis. He is disemboweled. Yes, uh, his embowel his end bowels are out bowels. Oh no, uh, he has been quite ruined. He has uh, been exoboweled. <laughs> yes, he's been ex- excavated of bowels. Uh, and and basically the deputy's like, what the hell happened here? And and Wooher's like, ah, oh, that idiot. I wouldn't have thought he was crazy enough to try that. He tried to sleep with a Hanumenthi. And I know what that is because I'm an awesome bartender. Yeah. So he said, yeah, I saw her with, I saw him with a Hanamenthi in the bar. I didn't think he was crazy enough to try and bang her. Anyway, that species has sword for to- swords for tongues. And when they sleep with dudes, they kill them. Yeah. It's uh, probably just a biological reaction to there being four times as many males as there are females. Yeah. Normally the, the males very occasionally think it's worth it. It's like a power of love thing or something. Who it's, knows? It's like those ghostlings and humans where they're just like, yeah, I'm ready to die for boning down. Yep, that's pretty much exactly what it is. But it makes, at least there's biologically, it's just, just the Hinamenthi are basically spider people. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm fine with. They, they kill their males, whatever, it's fine if, if it's part of their species. The problem with this is that, what this is one more problem in Star Wars. It would be solved with some fucking space Google. Yep. If there was just any sort of search engine database just for aliens, it would be like 90% of the problems in this book taken care of. Yeah, you'd be like, all right, I'm about to stick my dick in something. Should I? Should, will this kill me? Siri, should I put my dick in this? Oh, no. the That species will notably rip your dick off if you do that. Okay, well, wait, will they rip my dick off or will they disembowel my gut with their tongue? Uh, both. Oh, that's too bad. I was just going to put on, like, some armor. Oh, yeah, I was going to get that armored dick. I was just going to put on, like, stormtrooper armor and take off the codpiece. They'd be like, we're good. Go ahead and stab away, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, but yeah, and then so that's that's the thing. He gets his big dumb comeuppance. He he died the way he lived, like a dumb fucking asshole. And uh, we end with an Ithorian saying that one person's word for love is another race's word for dinner. A little wordy, Ithorians. Come on, Ithorians, get your shit together. Let's let's uh, let's let's be a little. More, let's uh, round that up. Here it is. Here's the actual quote. Niingying myth une vined isobek kechov isobek. Yeah. Which roughly translates to one word for love is the same as the word for dinner. Burger, 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 burger. I mean lunch, not dinner. I apologize. Burger, 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 burger. Burgers, burgers, Meredith. So. Uh, so that's that's just one more thing that Woo Her knows offhand, which is an Ithorian proverb about lunches and and love. Yeah, I mean the the way that Woo Her is represented in this chapter is much less weird, super into alcohol guy, and more like, oh, I'm the most cosmopolitan motherfucker you've ever heard of. Well, I just I kind of picture him as just sort of the the bartender who knows everything, and he's the guy putting the cap on the. It's just more noir stuff. Where he's like, yeah. And unfortunately for him, he didn't know the one secret truth of the Hementi people. They disembowel their lovers. But you know what the Hythorians always say? Fuck it, Jake. Uth- it's Chinatown. Giffenway, Crestek, Tuch, Isobek, Osun, Isobek. Which roughly translates to, if you're gonna stick your dick in crazy, nothing can stop you. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's the story of Feltapern Trevag. Yeah. That's the the story of this big dumb asshole. Actually, I kind of like this chapter. I mean, if I'm honest, it was at least well written. The the whole thing though is you get exactly what is trying to be done here very quickly. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of surprise. The denouement is not. You're just sort of like, all right, let's wrap this up. Let's go. Like there, because it has to get like, oh look, we need 20 pages, so let's fucking do what we can. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is like. All right, this is like the fifth scene that exists only to let me know that Feltapern Trevag is a huge dick bag. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I understand. I am still a little unclear on how his job works. I, I'm, I'm the local tax collector. Also, I write the taxes. Also, I collect the taxes. Also, I I don't know. I love the taxes. I fuck the taxes. <laughs> the taxes I, have cones. I put some cones on the taxes. Now I fuck them. Yeah. Look, I got I got some cones that I stick on a pillow, and uh, let's just say it's not pretty. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm the best there is at fucking cones. I love that one of the things that happens in this is he's like, oh, you know, for the Gotal people, we all know that it it's not the size of the cone that matters. You can get, like, the weird electromagnetic emanations, and it doesn't get better or worse at the size of your cones, but... If you're a dude and you got small cones, get some falsies. <laughs> I'm glad that at least the I'm at, I know I'm not glad. I'm disappointed that the book didn't just give him some too. Oh just yeah, just to really drive it home and be like, watch him take his dumb falsies off, and he's got little shitty cones under there. Uh, no, because his comeuppance needs to just be that he gets killed. He needs to spend the entire book being like. I'm superior to everyone. I'm the slickest fucking hunter in the galaxy. I'm the slickest they is. I'm the slickest they is. I'm, I'm the, the slicky sl- wicky wickest they is. <laughs> oh, no mouth sounds allowed. Okay, so uh <laughs> So yeah, that's the whole chapter. We we've uh, gone through Feltapern Travag. Coming up next, the tale of the Deveronian. Uh 
So I'm really looking forward to learning more about him. Yeah, he seems friendly. He seems like a friendly dude. He seems like a good dude that I would want to have at my quinceanera. He seems like a friendly little boy. He loves his mommy very much. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, that's how you can tell someone's a piece of shit in Star Wars, is if they don't love their mom very much. <laughs> well, the only character whose mom we've even... Oh, we've only met two characters with moms that we've met. No, that's not true. I'm thinking... I, I mean, everyone's okay. got a mom. Yeah, but that we've met. Okay, so moms that we've met. Uh, Shmi Skywalker... No one was especially nice to Shmi Skywalker. No. We pretty much left her. Even Qui-Gon's a real dick about that. Just just lightsaber that little toy Darian in half and take her with you. What are you doing, or dude? Or just, when you leave, take her anyway. Yeah. What, what's he going to do? Stop you? And in, once you leave, go back to the Republic. Be like, hey, we need to get this woman off. off. Hey, did you realize Tatooine is like all about slavery can Let's, we maybe do something about that sure we'll do that in about 10 12 years when anakin skywalker is is clearly way older but uh you know padme is not yeah that, so, right, right uh, about that. anyway we'll, we'll figure that out later date we, we know uh padme amidala uh she's another one who uh who's a mom and she is such a good mom that it kills her oh yeah she dies of sadness she she dies of them sad brains <laughs> and there you go those are the big moms of star wars except for of course princess leia who gives birth to Kylo Ren. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So she's a rad mom. <laughs> the except that, except that her kid is a crazy evil monster. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is you're a piece of shit if you don't love your mom yeah. very much. He didn't love his mom enough. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, fuck my parents. And I'm like, well, now you're a, be- a piece of shit. Yeah, explain Luke Skywalker then. He never met his parents. Yeah, well... Well, he, parent. He met the one. He His real parents, though... Were Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, and he loved them very much. He did. He got real sad when he see that he saw them as smoking skeletons. Yeah, from he that had time to go. That, he had to go back because he was worried about them from that time where the uh, <laughs> where stormtroopers not only managed to hit something but also fried all of its meat off for some reason. Hey, they they just set the thing on fire. They wanted it to look like a raid. That's a right, Tuscan they did. Raid. They did, and then they put the skeletons out front in some semblance of uh, American Gothic as a joke. <laughs> yep, they're like, ah, this is good. Give that dad one a pitchfork. <laughs> all right. Now, now take my picture with them. It's trenchant political commentary. Hang on, I'm going to write taxes on one of them. <laughs> Pee-pee, doo-doo, this is a bad planet. <laughs> All right. Oh, so I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will, of course, be back with more content. But if you haven't had enough, if you just need more Star Wars and us talking about Star Wars, we've got bonus content for you if... You are a subscriber to the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash system mastery and you support us at the $2 level, then you unlock bonus content every week for Expounded Universe. We take a deep dive into Wikipedia and give you just the weirdest nonsense we can find. We really do. And uh, I'm going to warn you now, this one's going to be a tricky one because almost everything in this chapter is only referenced to in this chapter. Yes. So if you try and look up Modbrex, for example, it's just be like, uh, Feltapern Travag, the Gotal tax collector, found Modbrex unattractive. There you go. They're blue. They look like Sailor Mercury. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much. The uh, So we'll have some stuff for you on that. Uh, you can go ahead and support us and get some of that. Of course, that also, at the $2 level, unlocks the $1 level stuff of bonus content for our System Mastery show that we do. And uh, we also have Movie Mastery, no bonus content, but if you want to go... We're working on it. We'll have some someday. Oh, yeah. We've got plans. We've got machinations. (laughs) Of course we do. We have wheels within wheels. Yes. The secret plan is that at the $3 level, we'll do a Movie Mastery that'll suck your dick. (laughs) Oh, technology has come such a long way. (laughs) 
Uh, it's an episode of Black Mirror up in here. <laughs> that is true. But it sucks your dick wrong. It sucks it off. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com to find all of our shows there. But the other nice thing, if you subscribe to the Patreon, is you get everything in one RSS feed. So you get all the shows. All the bonus content. All in one convenient RSS feed. Yep. And uh, if you want to contact us, you can, of course, find us at SystemMastery at Gmail. Or you can tweet at us, message us on Facebook. We are System Mastery everywhere. And we've got our own subreddit, r slash System Mastery. Stop on by. Join the conversation. Find our Discord. Get in a chat with us. Yeah, we've got a very active Discord. A whole bunch of weird channels where people are discussing books or video games or Mostly just giving me the memes that I want. I need so many memes. Ever since I managed to turn off that politics thread for the most part, it's been a nice, calm place. Yeah, everything's fine as soon as you get rid of the politics thread. Don't worry, though. I'm starting up a religion thread, so that'll oh, be good. that'll solve all my problems. <laughs> uh, Support us at patreon.com slash systemmastery. That's the place to do that. Keep my daughter alive. Yep, his daughter who is... Uh, currently only alive because of Patreon. Patreon impregnated his girlfriend. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Then I'm out. Then I'm out. We're done. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> I'm kidding. That kid's great. I'm, I'm going to get Patreon for that child support. She's a good little girl. I love her very much. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. As I said, we will be back in about a week with more content for you. But until then, I have been Elan Sleesbagano, and Jeff has been Death Sticks. And I love him. Mm-hmm.